Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. So we're being built into this dwelling place or the spiritual house of God. With Pastor Jay Petty. We should go before the Father and say, Father, thank you for the situation. Father, thank you for whatever is going to come out of this. Father, I know you're involved in this. I know you're here. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. See, God is a giving God. He's a loving God. And so the more you give and yield and sacrifice unto him, the more he pours out into your life. Now let's join Pastor Jay Petty for this week's Sunday sermon. Building a house. Anybody's ever built one, y'all, everyone knows that the most important part of any house is the foundation. You gotta have a good foundation under it if you want it to stand the test of time. And if it doesn't have a good foundation, the problem is gonna fall apart. Now we're a house, and the foundation that God is building has already been laid. It's the foundation of Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, and the apostles and the prophets of the New Testament. And they've laid the foundation of this house that God is building. And we, each one of us, are being built into that house, as, as they would call living stones. And uh, Jesus was the stone that was rejected, or the cornerstone. But now we become a part of that house by becoming living stones being built and set in place by God to build a place of his dwelling. Now the church was always intended to be a place of his dwelling, where his spirit would dwell in the midst of it. And that God's power would be manifested in it. And that the ministry of Jesus Christ would continue to be poured out through the church in every aspect. Now sometimes we have forgotten, or we haven't forgotten, we just didn't know. That that's what God's intention was in his house. His house was to select the selected stones, was to empower them with, with specific gift types for each one. So that the ministry, now when I talk about the ministry of Jesus, you can read the New Testament and you can see the ministry of Christ. You can see everything that Jesus did. And each, each one, he had, fivefold, he had a five-fold uh, ministry, uh, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. He did all of those. When he walked, he operated in all of those. But he also operated in the fullness of, the, the, of God's gifting to, to the church. So through this one, he does that. Through this one, he does that. Through that one, he does this. And through this and this. And therefore, the ministry of Christ continues to move forward as it did in the days in which he walked the earth. And I think it's very important for us to understand that. Because sometimes we think, well, it's, I don't know how I fit into that. You fit into the place that God sets you and the gifting that God gives you. And you operate inside of that to minister to the needs of others. In 1 Peter 2, 5 through 4, it says, Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by man, but chosen by God and precious. You also are living stones being built into a spiritual house. 
So we're being built into this dwelling place or the spiritual house of God. God is, God is doing this. He causes the increase. God, God builds the house. We're just, we're just uh, willing factors involved when he saves us. And we do just want to serve him. We just want to do what he's called us to do with our lives. We just, we, all of us feel a calling, no matter who you are. All of us feel a calling in our life. And that's God saying, this is what I'm calling you to do. See, a, a royal, a holy peace, uh, priesthood. There's not one individual that is, a, that is not a Christian who has not been born again is a, a member of a holy priesthood. You know what priests did, right? They ministered to God. They were the ones in the Old Testament that took the sacrifice in. You had a high priest who went in once a year to the holies of holies and sprinkled the blood. They all ministered. They were all ministering to God. And at the same time, they were ministering to one another. They were ministering to Israel. Now, we're a format. Israel is a, like the church. God has called each one of us to be in that priesthood and to minister unto him. And minister to one another. That's what makes it so unique. And, and that's what Peter's saying. To offer up spiritual sacrifices. You know what a sacrifice is? It's giving something up. It's like sacrificing $20 to a good cause. Or sacrificing, um, uh, as Jesus did, his life for the sin of mankind. Or sacrificing something that, that you possess that maybe you don't want to give up, but you're going to do it anyway. And this morning we're going to talk about the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Sacrifice of praise. Now what does that mean? It means that sometimes I don't feel like it, but I do it anyway. Sometimes I don't feel like clapping my hands, but I do it anyway. Sometimes I don't feel like singing to the top of my voice, but I do it anyway. I'm making a sacrifice of praise. I make a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Scripture says, in all things give thanks, for this is God's will concerning you. So no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's happening in your life, you're supposed to offer up thanksgiving. Say, God, I thank you for this. I thank you for this situation. Lord, I thank you for all the problems that exist in it. I give you, I just want to thank you, Lord. Well, that was very powerful. I'm going to share some stuff with you this morning about it. The more you're thankful, the more you offer up thanksgiving, the more you begin to see God work. What I mean by this, you can't be grateful and hold against someone else. Not truly, you can't. You know, if, if someone gives you something, you say, I really appreciate that. I thank you. I just want to tell you how much I appreciate it. And it's so powerful when we do that to God. In Hebrews 13, 15 and 16, it says, Therefore by him let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Isn't that amazing? God, God just loves for us to celebrate him. God just loves for us to honor him. 
God just loves for us to give him thanksgiving. You, you know, just he appreciates it so deeply that you understand how important it is to him to offer him this, this sacrifice of thanksgiving in the worst of situations. There's a guy by the name of Merlin Carruthers who wrote a book way back in the 70s. It was called The Power of Praise. And the whole, whole thing was he was a chaplain in the army, and so he'd have all these people always, you know, as a chaplain, he'd have everyone coming in and seeing him about this and about that. And this woman came in, and, uh, uh, and uh, her husband had decided to leave her and divorce her and take off with something else. And she was so broken. And she walked into his office and she began to talk to him. She, she wanted someone to give her counsel. And he said, and so as he began to listen to her story, he said, let me tell you what. Let's just start praising God. Of course, she looked at him like, what's wrong with you? How can I praise God about what's going on? He said, no, no, just trust me. Just Let's just praise God. Let's just give God some thanksgiving and Honor. So they just started praising God and started thanking God for her husband, for his situation. They just started to worship in the aspect of thanksgiving. But as they began to worship and praise God, man, things began to change. So you got change in heaven before the change in the earth. That's what I'm trying to tell you. They're going to have to change up there before they come here. So as we give God the glory and we give God the honor and we start to praise him and thank him for all the things that were going wrong in her life and her, her, her marriage and all the, God, thank you for this situation. God, thank you. Thank you for, thank you and I praise you. I'm not sure she was convinced when she started. But later that day, her husband came home and said, honey, I'm sorry. I don't want a divorce. Look, you can't outwork God and with all your logic and with all your stuff that you got going on that you think you can do. You can't outdo God. Somewhere along the line, we got to realize we belong to Him. We're we're His people. Uh, we have been bought with a price. We belong to Jesus, and He's concerned about everything in our life. As we realize that it's the power, most powerful thing we can do is to offer up this sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Oh, God, thank you. You know, when you're in the worst of situations and you begin to thank God for it, it begins to change things, not only in heaven, but it begins to change things in you. And it begins to cause you to look at things differently. And God gives God the availability to work in your situation to change that situation. And so many times we don't see that. I can tell you as human beings, the first thing we try to do is figure it out. How am I going to fix this? Well, maybe if I do this, and maybe if I do that, and maybe if I do this. And, and, uh, and everything that we do, it seems like we have failure in it. Generally, the last thing we go to is, oh, God, help me. I'm in trouble. It should be the first place we turn to, at the first sign of the things that we see. We should go before the Father and say, Father, thank you for the situation. Father, thank you for whatever is going to come out of this. Father, I know you're involved in this. I know you're here. 
See, the one thing you have to know is that God is here. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He, he's always present in our lives. And the, the moment we begin to understand that God is concerned about everything in your life, if you're concerned about it, he's concerned about it. But he needs you to yield. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They, she was singing about this morning. We shall soar with God. We'll soar like eagles. Why? Because we know that God's got it. How many of you know that God's got your life? He's got your problems. All of them. He's got your children. He's got everything. God's got everything in your life. And the more, the more we begin to realize that, that if God's got it, he's already got a plan, all we need to do is offer up to him thanksgiving for it. Father, thank you for whatever's going to come out of this. Father, thank you for whatever, whatever's going to transpire. Lord, I give you praise. God, I give you praise. Hosanna in the highest. I praise you. Part of worship... You know, worship just simply means to adore. Or it means to be prostrate. In the Old Testament, it said that Jacob worshiped God on his cane. And what he did was he just bent over like that. Worship is an adoration of God. But worship is also praise. And worship is also thanksgiving. You can't separate praise and worship. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, or my house shall be called a house of worship, or my house shall be called a house of praise. That's who we are. When we come and we begin to magnify God and we begin to honor God and we begin to adore God and we begin to realize that he's got us so we praise him and we thank him for it, it releases something from us into him but it also releases an habitation. Now, what a habitation means is that he releases his presence to inhabit us as we begin to praise and worship him. And as we lift it up, he begins to pour it down. As we begin to lift it up, he begins to pour it down. He brings the peace when he pours it down. He brings the answers when he pours it down. He brings the... The vision when he pours it down as we offer it up. I know it's really, it's, it seems like that's difficult, but it's not. It's not difficult. And most of the time when we got to do it, we don't feel like it. It's not a matter of feeling. It's a matter of faith. And faith says, I, I'm believing God, I'm trusting God, and I'm going to worship God in all of this. Uh, I'm going to talk about, I wasn't going to do this one right here, but I guess I will. John 4.22. You worship what you, what you do not know. We worship what we, we know what we worship. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, that when the true worshiper will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. 
For, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Every born-again believer is a spiritual man or woman. God gave you his Holy Spirit. He dwells in your heart. God is spirit. He doesn't carry flesh like we do. In fact, the scripture says he's an all-consuming fire. But the scripture also says, come boldly before the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace in the time of need of help. So what God is saying is that, is that I'm here. I hear. I'm there. I'm everywhere. I know what's going on. And if you yield in your worship of me, if you'll give me that thanksgiving in the truth, in truth about me. Let me say something. Worship is all about God. Praise is all about God. All of it is. Thanksgiving is all about God. It's unto him. But the attributes of our praise and worship is like fruit bearing on a tree. It begins to pour back out. It begins to grow in our lives. See, God is a giving God. He's a loving God. And so the more you give and yield and sacrifice unto him, the more he pours out into your life. The more you're in his presence, the, mo the longer you're in his presence, the greater the transformation in your own life. The more, the more you're changed into the image of his son. See, and the thing is, is that what we should do in the morning is get up, pour a cup, a cup of coffee if you could have one, <laughs> and just go outside and, and sit on the porch or sit outside under a tree and take a little time to worship God and say, Father, thank you for this day. I don't know what's involved today, Lord, but I want to thank you. And I know, Lord, you're, you have a plan and you have wisdom to handle whatever I'm faced with today. And Father, I know also I want to thank you for the strength that you're going to give me in whatever I have to face. And Father, I just want to ask you to help me to, to be the best I can be. And I want to thank you for that, Lord. Just begin your day with an with a adoration and thanksgiving and worship before God. And see how your day turns out could turn out a lot different than it usually does. See, You can thank him for anything. God, I thank you for the peace. I thank you for your presence, Lord. I thank you for your love, Lord. I thank you for the people that I work with, Lord. I thank you for old Jim over there who's always giving me a hard time, but I want to thank you for him. I want to say, Lord, I know you love him as much as you love me, so I, I just offer up praise on behalf of him. Father, thank you for his life. And Father, I just thank you that you have the power to save him or you have the power to change his life. We have so much potential when we reach into heaven and begin to give God the glory. We have so much potential that it can affect everything around us because it comes down. 
I'll tell you, the church is missing all the goodness and the fullness of all that God has for it. There's so much more. So much deeper. I like this. Here's the, the meaning of worship. Meaning to kiss. Like a dog licking his master's hand. I, I, can, I, I laugh every time I read that. That's pretty cool, though. To fawn or to crouch to. To prostrate oneself in homage. Do reverence to adore. So here we are. We're worshiping God, and we're, in that, we're into the spirit of truth. And we're just, all of a sudden, you know, we've been giving God thanksgiving, we've been giving him praise, we've been magnifying his name, you know, we feel his presence, and his presence begins to inhabit us, and the next thing, we begin to break. We begin to break on the inside. And as we begin to break, tears begin to fall, and we begin to give God the adoration and the worship and the love that he wants from us. It's very hard to worship outside the presence. We should sing a song. We shall enter in his gates with thanksgiving in our heart. We shall enter in his courts with praise. We will say this is the day that the Lord hath made. Jesus has made me glad. <laughs> he has made me glad. He has made me glad. You know, that was an Old Testament thing. A psalm of David. I just wanted you to give a picture of it. It wasn't the uh, the tabernacle of Moses. It was the tabernacle of David. Now, the tabernacle of David was where the Ark of the Covenant was, and it was covered by a tent. And they were speaking as when they came in to worship God, they would enter into the gates around where, where, the, where the Ark of the Covenant was, and they would enter in there with praise. they come praising God. Hallelujah! Praise God! Praise God for this. He's a great God, a mighty God, a powerful God. And they go on and on about all what God is. Right? And they just, and they just keep on going and doing. And the amazing thing, and, and then they would enter into his courts with thanksgiving. Enter his gates. Out of camera. Well, they come with thanksgiving first. And then they give him praise as they come into the courts of God. They start way out there. In other words, they start before they come into the house of God. They come before they come to unite the living stones in a house. They come out there. And they start coming and saying, God, I want to thank you for church. I want to thank you what you're going to do this morning. I want to thank you, God, for your presence. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for this. I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for my wife. I want to thank you for my kids. I want to thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And they come in and the music starts and all of a sudden they stand up and they just start shouting praise. Our God's great. He's a great king. He's powerful. He's almighty. There's nothing that we cannot do in him. Wow, man, it begins, to, it begins to shake the place. It begins to shake us. And the stones begin to quiver. And the presence of God begins to flood in. 
And the revelation of God begins to enlighten every heart. Each one of us are responsible for that. I know sometimes it's, we don't realize that, but Psalms 50, 23. He who sacrifices thank offerings honors him, honors me. And he prepares a way so that I may show him the salvation of God. Now, salvation is not just being saved from your sins. It goes much deeper than that. And so if you're having problems, let's say you're in a bad situation, what he's really saying, if you offer up thank offerings to me, then I'll show you the way out. In other words, I'll deliver you out of this situation. I'll take you out of that situation. I'll preserve you in this situation. I'll spare you in that situation. I'll exalt you in that situation. And as you begin to realize that God wants so much more to, prove, to do so much more in your life, you begin to realize that God is building something. He's building something in you, and he's building something in the kingdom of God. Let me read Ezra 3.10. 311, I mean. And they sang responsibly, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good. That's their song. He's good. He is good. He is good. He is good. <laughs> I don't know what they're how they're singing. I just throw my own little thing in there. <laughs> but he's good. For his mercy endures forever towards Israel or towards us. If you didn't know it, you're the, you're the new Jew. When you're born again, you were adopted and grafted into the kingdom of God and you became a part of the, a part of the lineage of Christ. Then all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. They began to shout. They begin, I mean, they got excited and they begin to shout those praises at the top of their voice. God, you're good. You're good. God, you're good. <coughs> Excuse me. Mouth is dry. Why should we live far below the level of the things that God has for us? Get out of your boat. Get in his. Let God take you through the smooth waters of his big boat where the waters that you're in are really choppy. It's like trying to go through a forest to get see where you're going. God lifts you up and allows you to go over the top of it. He begins to allow you to see the beauty of it all. You can't outdo God. His son came to build a kingdom, a kingdom of God. And that's who we are. We're a part of that kingdom. And inside of that kingdom, there are living stones that build a, 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 a temple of God that the Spirit of God dwells in the midst of. And as we meet and touch and reflect, and give glory and honor and praise, God begins to radiate the revelation of his spirit into our hearts.
He opens the eyes of our hearts. He opens the eyes of our hearts so that we begin to receive directly from the Father the Word of God. And it begins to encourage us and feed us. And it begins to cause us to feel strong. It gives us courage. And all kinds of things that the Word of God can do when our hearts are opened up and the Holy Spirit is bringing the revelation of that truth in us. And that's what changes us. That's what transforms us. That's what makes us different. So it's just not being a Christian, man. It's being a super Christian. It's not just being a super Christian. It's being a fire for God. When you realize God loves me. God loves me so deeply. God loves me more than I could ever know until I see him face to face. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.